Welcome back to the Coffee House Podcast, episode three. We're here to spill the tea on the latest happenings in the cannabis industry. I am your co-host, David. And I am Alyssa. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And today, we have a very special episode. We're here with Dalton from Dakota Herb, one of the co-founders there. And like I said, man, I'm really excited. We have some great information coming up. So let's get it rolling. Again, thank you for tuning into the Coffee House Podcast. We are here with Dalton, uh, the co-owner and one of the founders of Dakota Urban Brandon. Uh, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, Dalton Grimius, uh, the CEO, uh, one of the co-owners of Dakota Herb. Um, we've got uh, three dispensaries open right now, two more to go, a couple cultivation facilities and some manufacturing opportunities. So you guys are fully vertically integrated. That's the idea. You do it all, huh? What locations are open right now? So we have Brandon uh, Dispensary open, the Vermilion Dispensary, and then Huron. Okay. Uh, Where yeah. are your other two going to be opening? Uh, Aberdeen and then the south side of Sioux Falls. Do you have a tentative date for those? Or? Aberdeen's 60 days out, and oh, then geez. the south side of Sioux Falls one, ideally by end of summer. There you go. So why, well, first of all, why cannabis? Like, why do you want to be in the, the industry? Um, I was an avid user, closet grower, um, and then I have a background in agriculture, production agriculture, so it made a lot of sense to diversify into another crop right. um, as a user and kind of knew the basics of how to grow plants. Yeah, not all people have that scale. information. Yeah. <laughs> why vertical integration um, instead of just, you know, going into growing or the dispensary aspect? Why do you want to... Um, the main idea behind vertical integration for us is to make sure that we had supply. Uh, in the beginning of the market here, the dispensaries that didn't have their own grows, um, they were held to whatever the market was dictating for wholesale prices, um, what products were available. Um, this way we can maintain a level of quality throughout our entire product experience. Now, for those that don't know, do you want to explain kind of what vertical integration is? So the idea behind it is that we grow it, we manufacture it, and we sell it. Um, we also sell additional cultivators products, additional manufacturers products. Um, the dispensary business model was built around that mindset yep. of we will carry our products as well as other brands that meet our level of quality and uh, then also offer our products uh, under the Big Sioux Bud brand uh, to additional dispensaries throughout the state. So what are some of the biggest like hurdles or obstacles that you guys have had to overcome in each segment of that, like dispensary, cultivation, manufacturing? So from a, we can start at the cultivation side. I mean, by far the biggest obstacle is supply chain limitations, uh, getting HVAC components and uh, three-phase electrical equipment. Um, these parts are not things that you just go to your local Menards or Lowe's and buy uh, when you're growing at scale. I mean, we're talking about thousands of amps of 483 phase power just to run lights. And then you also need additional cooling to take all of that heat that you're producing out of that growing environment and then reduce the humidity so you don't end up with things like mold or uh, any other pathogen outbreak. What about like the dispensary aspect? On the dispensary, probably the biggest challenge there is uh, reliable supply um, as where our cultivation was delayed. Um, because of these electrical components and HVAC components. Uh, we're trying to source products from outside of our grow. And uh, early on, we were really limited on what product was available. And then the dispensary itself, uh, 
definitely the biggest hurdle that we have and we're still facing every day is the fact that we can't advertise. Uh, we can't tell people, hey, we're here. Uh, we see that every day in the dispensary, like people that live in Brandon or live in Vermilion or live in Huron and like, I had no idea you guys were here. Mm -hmm. I mean, and we've been open in some of these places for months. Um, we've got to depend on word of mouth. Uh, social media is very, very tough. Um, you know, you're very handcuffed on what you can do in this industry. Right. They're quick and, to throw you in Facebook jail. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah. And, you know, your brand and dispensary is different pretty much from everybody else's because right. it kind of offers like a look into the cultivation side. So what was like the decision behind putting that window in? Um, yeah. So on our brand and dispensary, it's co-located with our uh, cultivation facility there. So we felt it was a huge opportunity uh, to put a viewing window into our grow space uh, so we can prove that we have nothing to hide. Right. We want our patients to be able to see how their medicine's grown uh, and the people that are producing it and the care that it takes to deliver this product. It's not just grown in a closet. This is right. a large commercial scale operation um, that's clean room. You'll see our people in lab coats, uh, you know, spraying in with alcohol, spraying out with alcohol. Uh, it's, we want to produce the best product possible. That's awesome. Yeah, it's very important to know what's in your product, people. Yeah, <laughs> I I was lucky enough to see your guys's cultivation center like way back before there was really anything in there, and then I saw it like a couple months ago, and like it's incredible. Like it's just mind blowing how much it's changed and shifted and like grown, and it's so clean. It's so clean. Your guys's center is so clean. That's what we're shooting for, um, and. In the cultivation side, we'll have growers that come to work for us. You know, our cultivation team is, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the best in the state. Um, and they'll tell you, too, that uh, half of being a grower is being a janitor. Right. Um, it, there's always something to clean. For sure. Cleanliness is important when it comes to medicine. Absolutely. So, um, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so then with manufacturing, right? So what are some of the things that you deal with with that? So we're still in the upfit phase of our manufacturing portion of our uh, vertically integration. Um, we have partnered with Intoxibakes uh, out of Sioux Falls here that. Um, to come in and produce uh, products with us uh, under the Intoxibaked brand. Um, oh, is that just going to be like baked goods or are they going to include like so, gummies? Um, they'll have gummies, uh, scotcheroos, chocolate bars, um, working on all those recipes. And then we were just in the beginning phases of upfitting a building for their commercial kitchen. Nice. Um, as long as everything goes well, by midsummer, we should see products. You took the words out of my mouth. I was gonna ask if you had an idea as to yeah. when. Will they take like custom orders? Could you get like a birthday cake made? <sighs> um, the, the problem with that is if we did custom orders, every product SKU has to be tested, tested. individually. Um, it certainly could be done, but it would be very costly as right. the the well, testing sure requirements is quite expensive. The patient would probably be, that'd be an expensive birthday cake. Absolutely. But that would be so awesome. Well, it'd be awesome. a fun birthday cake. <laughs> yes. For sure. <laughs> um, so you, it sounds like you guys have a really high standard for everything. Um, if you had to like keynote on like one or two things that actually sets you apart from everybody else, um, what would you have to say that they were? Um, I can say what we hear from patients um, in the dispensary itself. Uh, we have a patient first attitude mm -hmm. um, and we built this business on a medical mindset. Uh, if recreational did come, great. Um, but 
we really want to cater to those medical patients and listen to their needs and not just try to push them out the door as fast as they can. Um, we will take the time with the patients uh, to answer any questions they may have. And uh, I'm a strong proponent for not overselling. Mm -hmm. um, I would rather a patient comes in and buys a small amount to try, figure out what exactly they need versus loading them up with uh, you know, a half ounce of flour that may not fit their need. Right. right. So what do you do for like employee education with your bud tenders and that type of thing? So uh, we did uh, source uh, our bud tenders from basically other dispensaries. A lot of them came from other dispensaries outside of South Dakota. And then we also put them through a, a Leafly's has a um, training program. Mm -hmm. um, it's quite intensive on uh, terpene profiles and really catering to that medical need. Um, take that and get their certification and as new trainings become available uh, we're working on you know implementing those if that makes sense that's big a lot, i know a lot of dispensaries aren't requiring one for actual training and two to be certified in anything whether that be a state certification or from you know a well-known entity in the cannabis business even if it is in another state it's still pretty important um kind of going off of that what would you say someone can expect coming into one of your dispensaries like from check in to have a good day um it's not as intimidating as a lot of people think it is um we really do the best we can to make it uh an easy experience uh we don't want to rush you in rush you out um, we'll take the time um you know from check-in um it's pretty simple bring your medical card bring your driver's license uh, we'll set you up in the system verify that your medical card is valid and then admit you in the dispensary Awesome. And yeah, answer any questions you have, set you up with other products you're looking for and you're out the door. All right. Um, kind of going back just a little bit when it comes to your, your manufacturing, I know you said you're kind of just starting to get that uptick. Um, are there certain products that you're going to want to produce first? Um, how, like, are there ways that are like, are you listening to like what patients want? Um, absolutely. Um, a full spectrum edible, uh, not just THC is definitely what patients seem to be looking for. Yep. Um, you know, they don't want to just get high. They're looking for the medicinal benefits of the plant. Absolutely. Uh, all the additional cannabinoids, the terpenes um, that actually have, you know, full body effects. Yeah. So that's going to be our push to do a full spectrum. So uh, is there like a process that maybe people can like submit suggestions for things that they like to see on the shelves? Uh, we haven't got that far yet, but uh, we what we do do is we have a customer wait list. Um, if you know customers looking for RSO or batter or something of that nature, uh, we put them on a wait list. Uh, we've got just a simple binder at the dispensaries. Uh, when a product comes in, uh, if they want us to call them, they give us our phone, their phone number, and we'll call them and say, "Hey, we have this product available. If you're still interested." That's awesome because I'm hopefully that sometime soon a lot of those products do start to come out because I know. Especially with the RSO, Rick Simpson oil, um, it's extremely beneficial for you know a lot of people with uh, that extreme pain, um, and cancer patients specifically. And having that would be huge alternative to being forced to smoke flour or right. take edibles or something that they aren't familiar with or don't necessarily want to do. Because I mean, with RSO, you can take just a tiny little bit, and you're getting the same effects as if you're eating a whole bag of gummies. And, and so. you have options to apply it topically. Yep. I mean, some people like. You know, don't enjoy the high of edibles and maybe can't smoke, uh, looking for other alternative consumption methods. 
So what would you say the average age of your patients are or like were and then are now? Uh, we see patients from 18 years old to 80 years old. And I, I think looking at our patient demographics recently, we were in like 52, 53 was mm -hmm. our average patient age. Um, that and then definitely skews towards the female side. Are a lot which of, I think is really interesting. Are a lot of them like first time users or have they used before or? We see the full gamut of uh, patients that are experts and have been consuming for a long, long time, know exactly what they're looking for to the patient that maybe tried it once 30 years ago and their doctor recommended that they give this a shot. Um, and those are, those are the ones I enjoy the most. Mm -hmm. um, if, if I'm working behind the counter in the dispensary is, you know, explaining them how things have changed and the different consumption methods that are available. Absolutely. You have uh, quite a few regular customers that are coming. Absolutely. Get to know um, patients um, that are in weekly, bi-weekly, uh, that it's, it's really fun to see how they light up when they can kind of pair with a bud tender mm -hmm. that they get to the point where they just trust what they recommend yep. um, and come back and hear feedback on the product and say, absolutely, that was perfect for me. I appreciate it so much, um, you know, whatever ailment that they have we can make recommendations that hey this seems to help with this ailment that's why that education is so important man Absolutely. it helps from the very beginning <laughs> i mean all the way from the, like you said the check-in to leaving because if you have somebody that knows um what they're talking about and what should work with what and especially once you build that more than just on paper relationship with somebody it's it's huge and as far as recommendations and stuff like that go um and you mentioned that you know talking to people about how, you know, how marijuana has changed over the last 30 years, right? So as like a cultivator, and um, you know, every product has to get tested, right? So can you maybe like walk us through a little bit of like that testing like process, like what that's like for you guys? So um, if we're growing uh, and we get to a harvest, uh, we have to um, submit that to metric that we've harvested this group of plants. Uh, every plant has its own individual ID tag. Um, so as it's moving through the grow process from veg to flower to harvest, that's all tracked. Uh, and then we submit that uh, batch of plants for testing. Um, for example, we just harvested a, a table of our, one of our flagship strains, Reba, um, that half of it's going for fresh frozen to be manufactured. And then the other half will be um, dried and cured for flower sales. Uh, we actually have to break that out separately into two different tests. Mm. Um, so we submit that um, batch for testing through metric, the state seed to sale tracking program, and then pair with the, uh, the testing facility that's available in the state. Uh, they come down, pull a five gram sample of each uh, batch basically, or whatever, or however we have it split up. Mm -hmm. um, and then we wait a week to two weeks for testing results. Um, which uh, from a dried and cured standpoint, it doesn't really hurt us because we actually wait for three weeks to cure our product um, to remove that chlorophyll taste, um, which is pretty simple as you know, we've got big containers that we just throw the flour in and burp it once a day, roll burp. it around, um, tightens up the buds and then uh, creates that um, 
really develops that flavor and that uh, smell profile. Mm-hmm. Uh, once, terpenes. Yeah. once we receive the testing results back, we're off to the races and packaging and trying to get it out to the patients as quick as possible. So from like the product testing to packaging to uh, dispensary, like how long is that timeline? Uh, four weeks, if, you're, if everything goes right. Yeah. You got anything crazy in the works now that you're willing to share for people to like look forward to maybe? Um, so we've partnered with uh, uh, Belushi, Jim Belushi, um, and we actually have his genetics in-house. Um, so we're growing. Uh, we've got uh, his Lemon V, uh, his Meal Fuel, and uh, Cherry Pie, Snowman Cookies. Uh, the Lemon V and the Meal Fuel are going to get flipped to flour next week. Okay. Um, so 12 weeks from now, we'll have uh, some of those strains available and that product available. Okay. Uh, and then, yeah, our cultivators, uh, we have uh, a Gorilla Glue, Sour Diesel, um, Blue Cookies. Uh, and then we've got some really interesting strains, some pre-98 Bubba Kush um, and yeah, Purple Punch uh, that are in flower currently. And we'll set additional tables of that once we proof out those strains. What about that Reba Fresh Frozen? What's that going to be made into? Um, if you could say, we're we're looking at uh, you know live rosin vape carts, uh, bubble hash. Dude, that Reba was so good. Those pre rolls were so good. <laughs> <laughs> so tried it's them, a so. it's a very uh, lemony, piney yep. uh, strain. Definitely Stiva. carries through. Yeah citrusy for sure yeah maybe i'll have to give it a try <laughs> i love me a good sativa yeah um allows me to stay productive enough for stuff like this but so like kind of going back to vertical integration a little bit um not very many people are doing that and i i mean obviously there has to be some challenges towards it so could you kind of give us some pros and cons to i mean the biggest con is the capital intensiveness intensive nature of the business um cultivation manufacturing dispensaries uh really the way that the state licenses were set up we had to commit to all these properties and either buy or rent everything and we've been sitting on some of these properties for a year plus um waiting for things to produce without any return yeah without any return um and then the other con is keeping track of everything right (laughs) um you know not only do we have the dispensary problems we also have the cultivation problems Mm -hmm. and you know how to move product between um, the state or the the metric seed to sale tracking program doesn't really seem like it was set up for us um, for example like if we grow something in Brandon um, and want to move it to the dispensary we have to create a manifest uh, in the seed to sale tracking program that we move this uh, product from the dispens from the cultivation to the dispensary and it requires directions and yep. we, we have to put we walk five feet and yeah I really yeah, i did not know that it was that specific i don't think people realize how i mean being a former dispensary employee like how ridiculous that it is because i mean that's that's an extreme example because i mean it's literally in the same building Absolutely. um but the fact that i'm sure you guys have to have it roomed out like yeah. virtually i mean you got a sales floor you got vaults you got quarantine rooms you got everything and people don't understand how hard that is to i mean unless you've worked in it you don't know because especially with metric like for example, you have to say who you are, what vehicle you're taking, what what route you're taking, turn by turn directions, where like how long you stopped at this stoplight, pretty much. And if you don't, and the state finds out about it, then 
you're possibly in trouble. So doing it and staying fully compliant is not easy. And I know that for a fact, and that's just from my experience in the dispensary. So I can only imagine having, you know, everything, manufacturing, growing and dispensary, like that's insane. Yeah, especially like seed to sale. So like if you have a batch that you're growing cultivation that's bad or something, like what do you, what do you do with metric? So you can submit it for remediation. Um, you have the option to blast it with butane or um, to create maybe a distillate product or something out of that. We're not doing that. Uh, we'll just dispose of the product. Um, um, if it's something that fails, and we'll just chalk it up as a loss. Gotcha. So as far as the cannabis industry, I've kind of asked everybody that we've had on the show so far. Um, you've been around it for a while now. And I'm sure you've been to other states and seen like their industries and the progress that they've made over the years. Um, are you happy with how the medical industry has been so far in the year and a half that we've had it, but six to eight months that we've actually had it? Had it? Uh, I'm happy with the original administrative rules and what we voted on and approved to start with. Um, the wanting to tinker with the rules when we've only been open for six months um, as a whole, just seems like just creating additional hoops for us to jump through um, until we have everything figured out, like moving the bar while everyone's trying to meet the bar is real tough to do. Do you think, um, and this may be an unfair question, not to you, but to who I'm going to refer it to, but do you think the state has provided people with adequate resources into building a successful business in this new industry? Or do you think, I mean, obviously there's always room for improvement, but I wouldn't say they necessarily set people up for failure, but I've been hearing a lot that, you know, state could do a lot better. Um, yeah, um, I, I think there's definitely some challenges with, uh, you know, the state, the Department of Health, um, limited resources, uh, I think is the biggest problem. Um, I believe that they have, uh, put funding aside for to hire additional staff and hopefully alleviate some of those concerns. Um, the sooner the better. Right. Um, you know, patients waiting on cards um, for weeks, months. Months. Um, you know, it's, it's very unfortunate. Uh, and then, you know, dispensary renewal licenses coming due and uh, hopefully they are staffed up well enough to meet those needs and not set anybody back. It'd be real unfortunate if we have to close a dispensary because we're waiting on paperwork because of something that you have no control over absolutely yeah that's and so with the dispensary license renewal um so like people who haven't used their license yet like do they still have to pay to renew or how does that work do they get a discount or how how's that gonna work so i don't quote me on this um but I do believe the state issued a uh, extension option for the uh, our, uh, groups and um, dispensaries that haven't opened within their year allotment time. Uh, I would assume that they have to pay the uh, license fee again, um, but I don't know for sure. No. Uh, we have full intentions of opening all of our locations within the year allotment. So for the people, um, other than, you know, two new locations, one coming to, you said West Sioux Falls? Uh, Southside Sioux one, Falls. Southside Sioux the Falls. The exit. So other than those two new dispensaries, um, what are some things that people can have to look forward to for Dakota Herb in general? Uh, yeah, releasing new products, uh, more of our own strains, uh, 
and um, we're really trying to diversify. We have some strains in the works that are um, not just high THC, um, those one-to-ones uh, or CBD dominant strains um, that maybe aren't on the market currently. Um, it's something they have to look forward to. For sure. Additional products. It's exciting. <clears throat> yes, it is. Um, I don't have anything further. I mean, do you have? Um, no, I think that we're probably going to have to have you back at some point to discuss Absolutely. more of like the sciencey stuff dealing with cannabis itself. I myself am like completely ignorant to all of that. So I think we'll have to have you back to ask you some of those kind of questions. Fair enough. Absolutely. We'd love to have you guys on again for sure. Yeah. Um, and maybe, I mean, we can cut this out, but it would possibly be open to like bring a camera to the dispensary and see, show people like the window and stuff into the grow. Absolutely. We've got nothing to hide. For sure. I'd be down to do that. I think people, I think it would be dope yeah. for, cause I know I haven't been out there and I've always intended to, but dude, life is crazy. Um, and it's a little bit out of the way for me, but I think if people saw that, that it might give them a little bit more enticement to go out there instead of waiting for the one on the T exit to open. Right. Yeah. And I know you guys have some great products. Um, I mean, the Reba is one of my favorite strains for sure. So I think that might, you know, be a little enticing for some people. So yeah. That'd be dope. Cool. I'm done. Yeah. Well, even thank you. Even get a tour of the grow. Absolutely. Well, thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. No problem. Um, do you have any questions for us? Nope. Cool. Just don't make me sound like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. Thanks okay. for tuning in. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. Episode three with Dalton from Dakota Herb. We appreciate it. Coffee House, like, subscribe, share. Have a good day. Stay medicated. Thanks.